0: This week's episode of The Cool Room is brought to you by...
1: The Two Ring Circus Show, a weekly podcast in which two best friends unravel the existential mysteries of our world, with expletives. With episode titles like Crampations or Peanut Butter Tangents, Switchin' Horses Midstream or The Least Neurotic Do, and Angelina, Upsaging and Victimless Crime or We Don't Get to Be Anywhere Without History, there's bound to be something to tickle your fancy. As two rings of the same circus, Matt Bradshaw and Dom Italiano convene once a week to discuss everything from the banal to the substantial. That's better. Music, movies, animal puns, and the vagaries of our shared human existence. That's the Two Ring Circus Show. Find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, plus the video version on YouTube every Thursday. Good afternoon, and you're in the cool room. It's David Griffiths sitting in this afternoon on this rainy, wet Melbourne afternoon. And sitting a few kilometres away, as is now the thing that you do in coronavirus times, is my co-host today, Travis Bristow. Travis. Hey, David. how, are you, how mate? are you going? I'm well, are you dry? Uh
0: not yes, sneezing? In, inside dry. Um, managed to close the windows in the ceiling before it started raining which is you have something windows I quite often so just behind me which obviously the people listening to this can't see <laughs> i have i have two windows in the, in the roof that open up to allow fresh air in but if you forget to close recording recordings windows... from
1: his convertible mustangs and... yeah yeah
0: uh if you forget to close those windows and it starts raining obviously that uh, causes a
1: bit of a problem it does which might be a design fault with having Openable windows in the ceiling—far be from me to, you yes. know. I'm no architect, but uh, it's been a week or so in real time since you and I last had a chat. Where no, what exciting to. places have you been, and what have you been up to in the meantime, my friend? I'm what I would normally say. Not many exciting places. I've
0: spent a bit of time on the couch and uh, drank uh, a few different
1: beers. What have Are you, you? What what exciting things have you been drinking?
0: I am, I'm, well, I'm currently drinking something pretty exciting, which is the Fall Guy, which is a double hazy IPA from Co-Conspirators, but I also had their, uh, their caramel stout and now the name of it is completely Uh, gone by me.
1: Yes, I agree because I had it last week as well. Yes, Um, it was, it was good. The pastry caramel. The pastry chef. Pastry chef?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's what it was called. Um. I I did work out something, I think, just today when I went to the fridge and pulled out this co conspirators. Was that um, I don't think I've drank the same thing twice all week. Every beer I've had has been something different, probably since the last time you and I recorded a podcast.
1: That's pretty. So I've been sort of mainly sessioning away on uh, Bonehead. I was going to say Boneyard for some reason, obsessed with the WWE. Mainly. Session anyway on bonehead. I've had a couple of other fun things, but what else have you had? Um, I had the I had a uh, fixation squish
0: IPA, uh, the citrus IPA. I also had a Quiet Deeds Blue Vines, which is the hazy double IPA. So it's like eight point five percent,
1: which is a lot. You, I'll see your 8.5% hazy uh, deeds and raise you the Keyboard Warrior or whatever it was that I had from oh, them the other night, which I think is the triple hazy or something, which, which was you, 10%. I was, um, so I was
0: just about to say that. I think every time I drink something from Quiet Deeds at the moment, the alcohol t- content is higher in increments every every beer I have. Um, I also had the Keyboard Warrior. Um, I
1: genuinely hadn't looked at the label for
0: it before I really. started drinking. I think um, I had the Keyboard Warrior after I'd had maybe. Three other beers one
1: night that were all reasonably high alcohol content. That's a pretty big undertaking.
0: Yeah, um, I also I've also um, hooked into a can of the Holgate Millennium Falcon. Up to its usual standards, uh, it is. It is. It's. I feel like it's slightly different. I would love to do a comparison. I'd love to actually, if it was if we were able to travel through time somehow and pick up one from each year and still have it fresh and try them all side by side would be quite an interesting, um, interesting little scenario you could put yourself into. But I mean, obviously we don't get to travel back in time and that's a whole other different movie. The Millennium is not a time machine. It's
1: not the buddy TARDIS for <laughs> the sake. Um,
0: I did realize I still had a bottle of last year's in the fridge though. Um, when I was going through the fridge in
1: the garage the other day. Do you have a fridge or a cool room? It's not that easy. I don't find it easy to lose beer in my fridge. but At the, moment, of...
0: at the moment, the garage is kind of like a cool room because it's pretty <laughs> chilly out there. But, uh, I found a, a bottle of the Millennium Falcon from last year and a can, and I should send you the photo of this. I, I had a can of the Quiet Deeds Session Ale that they released many yeah. years ago, still with the old branding on it. A historical artifact. I think it might be actually. I'm not sure how it <laughs> remained in the back of my fridge for so long. Um, I am tempted to open it and see what it tastes like, though.
1: Yeah, or just Falcon, not so much. The Millennium yeah. Falcon
0: from last year is not not going to be too good.
1: The um, Millennium Falcon from what's the alcohol content of that?
0: I think they're like eight point five.
1: That'll that'll be right. The session ale might be struggling after a year, but yeah. Mm. I've had a couple of. Th- I had the, uh, I think it's business ethics from Mr. Banks last night, which is a triple fruited sour, Ooh, very tasty. I'm a I, fan of the Mr. Banks beers.
0: I have a barrel farm from Blackman's Brewery here, peaches and cream ale. Mm. That's uh, is the next one I'm going to crack open. Yeah, you know, holding holding
1: it up to the camera, which is really helpful for all of our listeners at home. Oh yes, that's just, just it, listen yes. to this can. Did you get that sound effect of the can swooshing? Uh, Because I was lucky enough. So obviously enough, we're going to have our Venom virtual Meet the Brewers tomorrow night, Thursday, May, uh, April the 30th. And so I've been out to Joel from Venom's new bottle shop, which is District on Cumberland Road. I think I'm right in saying in Pasco Vale very zhuzhy. Uh If you're out in that part of the world, drop in and see him and ask for a discount and he'll tell you that he'd never had a discussion with me about giving out discounts and then you can go your own way from there. But um, yeah, lots of fun Mr. Banks things as well as obviously lots of fun Be- Venom beers that um, we're going to get to try with Joel in the room tomorrow, Thursday the 30th of April.
0: It, it's one of those weird things. I keep I think I keep doing the same thing you're doing and forgetting what date it is along Uh, with what day it is.
1: I'm I'm old enough now that I don't really ever adapt to writing the right year until sometime in September. But having not actually been at work and writing dates on things, um, it's even harder. Yes. Yes. Um, Unless you've got anything exciting to say as part of our intro, uh, Travis, I reckon we might get on to listening to our conversation with Anna Brennan.
0: I reckon that's a great idea.
1: Me and my friend are walking to a bar on a cool winter's evening underneath the stars and we'll find somewhere close to. We and welcome and tell us about your weather.
2: Hi, I'm actually in Gympie, which is a couple of hours north of Brisbane. Um, And the weather here is delightful. I'm sorry to report because you might be jealous, but it's pretty great. It's all warm and sunny and yeah.
1: Just what we didn't want to hear.
2: Yeah, Mm. (laughs) Queenslandy.
1: Now, originally when Anna and I first uh, made contact with each other, we were going to be best friends by April of and. Twenty, yep. because Anna would have finished doing her comedy shows at the Royal Mail Hotel in West Melbourne, but mm. thanks to coronavirus, that hasn't happened. So, no. This is the first time we've ever met. So, it is. <laughs> I want to introduce yourself to me. Introduce yourself to Travis. Introduce yourself to our listeners, and um, tell us a, just a very briefly the Anna backstory, and include perhaps any social media or other bits and pieces that we should be aware of before we really kick off with the traditional cool room questions.
2: Sure. Hi, David and Travis. My name's Anna Brennan. I'm a stand-up comedian, or at least I was before the apocalypse. Um, (laughs) I live in Gympie, which is a lovely Bogan town two hours north of Brisbane. And um, I was going to do a run of 20 shows um, at the Royal Mail in for Melbourne Comedy Festival this year. But um, yeah, COVID pulled the pin on that one, along with another 15 shows I had booked in. So wow. now I'm um, writing a novel and releasing a children's book and doing two podcasts. Um, and you can find me on Insta at Anna Brennan Comedian or just look up Anna Brennan on Facebook. Um, yeah, and the, the podcasts are called Dating Fails. And which is where I interview like mostly other comedians about really stupid dates they've been on. Um, And the other one is comedians wouldn't go
1: on stupid dates, would
2: they? No, never. It's been hard to find um, guests. No, not at all. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Um, And the other one is going to be called Just Asking, J E S T. um, And it's where I interview um, really smart people, like mostly scientists, and ask them um, and make stupid jokes about all the questions i have for them basically so the first episode i'm talking to um, a climate scientist who lives in austria about um the effects of covid on climate change
0: that sounds amazing
2: yeah it's really cool Um, yeah it's he calls me the nerd translator um because i just like make dumb jokes about and like really dumb down all the very smart stuff that he talks about so yeah it's fun We'll
1: include links to all of those things in our show notes as well, so um, we know there's a whole lot of people looking for fun content at the moment. Yeah. um, Yeah, the more podcasts, the merrier in this world.
2: That's That's
1: it, I agree. 100%. uh, Travis, do you want to lead the way with our traditional questions, brother? I most
0: certainly can do that. I'm hoping Anna's ready for these. Yep. Good G'day. Someone who's well, actually like read the show
1: notes ahead of the show. This is I did. It was bound to happen sooner or general letter.
0: That doesn't actually happen too often. <laughs> I, don't, right. I, I can't think it's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> so we we always hit these every all our guests up with the regular call room questions that uh, that we've come up with. Um, hopefully their responses will be funny, given you're a comedian. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no, pressure. They don't have to be pressure is on. So First off, where was the first time you had a drink?
2: Okay, my best friend and I, I'm not sure this was the actual first time, but it was at least one of the first times. Um, We used to steal West Coast coolers out of her neighbor's pool fridge. So they had a pool with a little bar fridge next to it and we'd steal West Coast coolers out of it. And we, we took them to like a communal tree house on the, in the estate and we would drink West Coast coolers in the tree house while I had a pair of binoculars and perved on this guy <laughs> that I had a crush on who lived across the road from the tree house.
1: <laughs> wow. That's that is, that's right get, up there.
2: That's I, a story.
0: Now, I feel um, like I've had the West Coast cooler conversation with someone else recently.
2: Can you, <laughs> even still,
0: can you still buy West Coast coolers?
2: I don't know, but I did used to mix them with um lemon ruskies like half west coast cooler half lemon rusky and it was so good like i don't know that i should trust my 17 year old memory of that that much but i used to think that was amazing but the the original west coast cooler thing i think i was like like 11 or 12 when that happened
1: i was i was going to ask sort of what age you thought that might have been because
2: i think i was about 12 yeah
1: a 25-year-old woman with a set of binoculars drinking West Coast Cooler was it was another image again, I've got to it was, say.
2: It was more creepy when I did it at 25, definitely. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Terrible. Does the treehouse still exist?
2: I don't know. I should go look.
1: Go check it out. About, yeah. Were you in Melbourne at that stage or whereabouts were you at that stage?
2: No, Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Yeah.
1: There I don't think Sunshine Coast is being a particularly treehouse heavy area, but yeah. sure. Yeah
2: oh it up. is yeah there's a, few, there's a few rock and
1: tree houses yeah. amazing
0: so c- continuing on from your your first drink and obviously we know you're you live up in queensland and grew up on the sunshine coast for a period yeah. um what's your sort of favorite brisbane bar or club to either have a drink at or perform
2: oh, at? yeah well i feel like gimpy favorite- is going to be something yeah, my favourite Sunshine Coast one is um Bar, which is a music venue that I do, um, well, before the Apocalypse, I did a monthly stand-up comedy show there, and they actually won Queensland Music Venue of the Year competitiony thing in like 2018 or 2019 or something. It's such a cool venue. Um, my favourite in Brisbane's one I just discovered recently actually called the Bloodhound Bar, which is this weird little corner, kind of got a bit of a Melbourne vibe to it, um, joint in the valley. And I was actually going to do um, a run of shows there for Breeze Funny Fest in August, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, yeah, so they're my favourites. And and yeah, and Melbourne, Melbourne um, is, um, it's got the dumbest name. It's got like four names Kaz Rytop's Dirty Secrets Bar on Smith Street in Collingwood. Mm. That's my Melbourne. Yeah. Smith Street one, yeah. sort
1: of yeah. hangout. righty really, eh? right? Yeah. It, yeah.
2: Because <laughs> you've got to love a bar that has like a windowless dungeon room attached to it.
0: And what about overseas? Do you have any favourite? haunts overseas?
2: Um I really like Cambodia. Yeah. This and is I like basically Benawati. our excuse
1: to, you know, find places that we can go as a tax write off. So feel free. Yeah, you know. Definitely.
2: I feel like- um there's a lot of really cool bars in Cambodia. So I'm sure you could go do some research drinking. Um and yeah. And I we're just, allowed just- to travel again. Yeah, just exactly, um, like in 2025 or something when we can leave the country, but I don't know, it was just one of those places that I didn't want to leave. You know, sometimes when you're on holidays and you're like, I just don't want to go home.
1: That That's every bad. holiday. Really?
2: <laughs> you must be good at having holidays.
1: <laughs> it's actually, Travis is from Austria. He just happens to be, you know, came to you know Footscray or Yarraville on a holiday. and oh, there you you go. I do feel like
0: David. There was a discussion once on this podcast about having a map. Oh, there was. Yeah. There was, so I don't think that Cambodia has ever come up before. I don't think we've got I think Cambodia on the map. I think no. Cambodia's no, the, a new one. So.
1: We've hit uh, a lot of. We've hit a lot of countries, but Cambodia is not on there yet. But actually, doing the map would require some work on my part. And, um,
2: yeah. Meh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Doesn't seem as much fun as having a beer. No. With all that downtime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So,
0: moving on and talking about your gigs and your comedy festival stuff. Where was mm-hmm. the first? When was the first gig you played?
2: Uh, it was at Kaz Wright's Dirty Secrets on Smith Street in Collingwood in the underground windowless bunker room, which is where <laughs> everybody's first time should happen um, with people pointing and laughing at them. Why not? Um, and that used to be a stand-up comedy night called Death Star Canteen. I think it's still running actually, mm-hmm. um, except for the apocalypse, but you know mm. I think generally it's still running. Um, and my friend Trav, who was a comedian in Melbourne, used to run it, and I was dating his friend um, who was a comedian as well. and I was like, "Oh, I could do that, and then I did. so yeah,
1: very cool. So it yeah. wasn't sort of a burning desire from your youth to do stand up or. Nah. What were you doing before
0: stand-up?
2: Um, well, I've been running a business making button badges for 15, 16 years now from home. So that's the main thing I do. Um, and before that, I was just I was writing some fiction and some articles and stuff, but mainly just making buttons. Yeah, Very cool. Badges for bands and all kinds of hmm. things. All the yeah. fun stuff. Yep.
0: So we usually ask you a question, um, about the strangest or funniest thing you've seen in a call room. Yeah. And you might have a story about that, but you might also have something related to a comedy gig that you've done as well at a venue of mm. your choosing.
2: Um. Well, in sort of just a green room kind of yeah. thing, hmm. Um. my favourite thing about comedy shows is in the green room, um, two things happen that the audience don't, really know about. One of them is that any seasoned comedian who hears a joke on stage that they like, they laugh once and inappropriately loudly because that's the the only way that they know they can communicate to the comedian on stage that they liked it. So if they hear a joke they like, they just go, "Ah!" which is super (laughs) weird. It's very strange, but it's like a signal or something. Is Um, that why
1: you laugh like that at the pub with me? Travis, Probably. just sort of you know, yeah, or,
0: yeah, or my jokes just not worthy of more than one laugh. I've <laughs> I've spent my fair share of my time in green rooms as well, and yeah, that'd be about right. <laughs>
2: yeah, nice. Um, and the other thing that um I've started doing, and other comedian friends of mine do as well, is like reciting word for word the set someone's doing on stage. If you've done a million gigs with them, you can pretty much recite their material and then doing it like interpretive dance <laughs> at the same time. So I know a few comedians who I can be like word for word, you know, miming or talking along with their, their set while interpretive dancing, which is pretty fun.
0: That's why that's these venues cool. need to install like little webcams in the corner yeah. of each green room. Cause the stuff that happens <laughs> in green rooms are,
2: much, yeah. can sometimes
0: be funnier than the show that's going on stage.
2: Yeah, definitely. Ooh.
0: That's amazing. That's, uh, and so you're originally from Melbourne?
2: No, I'm originally from the Sunshine Coast, sort of around the Noosa area, but I lived in Melbourne for six years. Amazing. Yeah.
1: Cool, cool. And so I was gonna say, I just sort of came down and did that one gig in Melbourne, or did you sort of, you know, did uh, bits and pieces in here?
2: I I sort of, um, I hung out at Death Star a lot, and then I started going to a few other comedy nights there, and I only ever performed at Death Star, but I probably did half a dozen sets or something there before I moved back to Queensland. Maybe more, um, and I've since done a couple of other colony rooms in Melbourne. Just when I've been visiting, um, yeah. One of them's weird. Um, this, oh, this is such a strange story. So there's this. Um, this I shouldn't call him a kid, but he is to me. This kid, Blake Freeman, who um, just won that the Barry Award last year, so his career's gone completely freaking ballistic. Um, he used to work for me in Melbourne making badges because I ran into him at Death Star one night and he did a set about how he hated his job telemarketing and he quit that day. And I was absolutely plastered drunk and so I'd never met him before and I was like, Blake, come here, come here. like, Blake, do, do you want a job? And he's like, yes. And I said, great, you can start tomorrow at nine o'clock, here's my dress. And then he worked for me for like three years or something. Um, and now he's like one of my comedy idols. <laughs> so it's this really weird, like, now whenever I see him, I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing. <laughs> so I'm like, thank you for that time, you helped me kill the mouse. Um, and, and then, so I did a, a gig of his when I went to Melbourne, last time I did comedy there. So that was surreal. Yeah. Very good. Mm.
1: And um, so obviously you sort of had big plans for the comedy festival originally down here with the two shows that you're sort of repackaging, one of at least, so with Parenting Fails.
2: Yep, so I was gonna be um, hosting someone else's show a couple of days before the run of my shows started. and which was going to be called Queerly Beloved. It was an LGBTQIA show, which I was really excited to be involved in. Um, and then I was going to run Parenting Fails and Best of Brisbane, both shows nightly for 10 nights, so 20 performances. Yeah, sad face. So
1: tell us a bit about Parenting Fails. Don't give away all the good lines or anything like that. But um, <laughs>
2: it's you've- It's such a uh, bizarre, like, uh, my whole comedy career and most of my rest of my careers is just me like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like I just try things. And um, and when I had my little person that I made from scratch, um, there was just a lot of material in that, you know? And, and then I thought, oh, I should just do a whole parenting fails show. And so I did that at Soul Bar and it was stupidly popular, like quite surprising. Um, And so then I was like, oh, okay, well, let's just do that again. So that became kind of a show that I will put on for festivals and, um, yeah, all kinds of different things with different, like, lineups and because a lot of the comedians I know are parents and do parenting material and stuff like that. So, I mean, I had, like, 12 different comedians on the lineup to perform in Melbourne already. Um, Yeah, it's just for that show, so... It's just really fun, it's just, I don't know, I think also it attracts an audience that are a bit wary about going to a random comedy show because they think they might not relate to the material, if they're a little bit, you know, if they're, they just like, I don't want to see 20 year old guys miming, masturbating on stage all day, and that's what so many- Not all done. Exactly, that's what so much stand up comedy is, um, and that's, I think, if you say it's a parenting fails show, it's like, okay, you're not gonna get heaps of that, maybe five, 10 minutes tops, so. And, yeah,
1: so you know, even if you're not funny, I guess the audience comes away sort of feeling like they're not the worst parents in the world. And well, that's probably... it.
2: Like, I always market it as like, you will leave feeling like parent of the fucking year compared to our shit. It's, yeah, it's next level. Like one of the comedians talks a lot about how her main um, um, discipline technique is licking her children and it's fucking so good. <laughs> um, I do a whole thing on like the stupidest baby names in existence um yeah that's pretty fun
1: yeah that's a good one i actually get
2: sent them by strangers now all the time just like oh my god i'm just doing this one (laughs) yeah i reckon i
0: could send you a list of about
2: do
0: it 80 at the moment yeah do it some of the ones that come up on a particular app that i've been using of late
1: oh because travis is with child at the moment
0: oh Oh, not me personally but my partner (laughs) yeah yeah um but we've been using the baby tinder app and it's um
2: the baby Tinder app?
0: Yeah, yeah. so you know, I you was unaware review. of this. Yeah. So you you basically just swipe on names and you link your phones up. So when you get oh, a match, it's on names. Like, eh.
2: Okay, you're not pimping out your children. Got
0: it. Hey, I never thought of that though. That's actually, <laughs> that could be a good app. That's a whole other. That's a whole. It other never app works, one. man.
2: <laughs> that's cool. Um, do you have a short list? Do you have any other kids? First? It's a
0: long list. Uh, yes, I've got a twelve-year-old uh, son who um, also Ooh. liked to use the baby tinder app at a moment in time and did nice, a bit of swiping nice
2: gap skills there um my it's 12 years will it be 13 years by the time
0: about a month afterwards yeah yeah
2: impressive yeah. impressive um my son has a sister who is 16 years older than him you're yeah, right that's
0: mm. a good one
2: yeah not my kid my boyfriend's <laughs> yep. kid but he's raised her full-time since she was like one so yeah so pretty mad age gap there
1: too amazing you would you <laughs> Tra- Travis, I about might it. send you the names rather than sharing them like because i i've got a few <laughs> people i still know who i can't you know i don't want to you know identify you can just do that material <laughs> up in queensland and <laughs> my mates never need to know i've dubbed them in <laughs> nice,
2: nice that's um, pretty
1: cool my wife and i were both School teachers or ex school teachers. by the time that we had our son and it was the hardest
2: because oh, it's always need. like 10 kids with that name
1: it or just all you need's one bad one you know yeah. it's like, what do you think about travis for a name and you just sort of go no not after not that guy. travis mcgillicuddy who i had in year 10 you know 20 years ago
2: so i hope that's a real person
1: it's, uh, it's <laughs> there's not nothing <laughs> mcgillicuddy's around anymore is there travis <laughs> no
2: no <laughs> that's cool that's cool well my kid has a weird name um his name's ezra and people often think i made it up which i did not
1: mm. so, yeah. uh, as a d-a-v-y double d david let me tell you I'll you know for those yeah. that had to bear odd names through this life you know mm, true it's a real name i tell you i promise you
0: <laughs> ezra is
1: a, a
0: good name though i wouldn't you know, be many Ezra's doing around, so that's there's
2: not a lot. Neat. Um, he gets called Fez most of the time, um, which stands for fat Ezra, which I probably shouldn't tell him. Um, when he gets he hit, won't be listening but... to this, I presume, so. exactly. Um, Fez, Fezzy Bear, Fezmeralda, Fezimoto, whatever that's usually the jam. But, um, yeah, I do a whole bit about, about his name. But most people, it's actually it's a really old biblical name, apparently. I just like a Pound, you know, if you're doing yeah. sort of poet, yeah. So. yep Ezra Miller and there's a band called um something about hating Ezra oh, I can't remember now anyway there's
1: I do not share
2: that one with him either. Yeah. Oh, and in Turkey, um, it's a girl's name. And I know this because I lived in Yamundi when I had Fez. And nine days after he was born, there was a girl Ezra baby born. And they're like the same age. And I'm quite good friends with girl Ezra's mom now. And girl Ezra is a freaking nightmare child. And my Ezra is super easy. And every time I see her, she's like, can we? And swap Ezra's now, please. Mine <laughs> is the worst, and I'm like, no, I've met yours. She's crazy, um, and she's a spirited little feministy toddler. Like she's awesome, but I just couldn't take her on. Mm.
1: Do you think you're going to sort of emerge from coronavirus lockdown with a whole lot of new parenting fails material? Because I'm failing as a homeschooler, you know, on a you know pretty much ten-minutely mm-hmm. basis.
2: I am so glad Fez is three and therefore not required to learn anything. That is a huge, like, seriously. I'm just like, you can just watch Paw Patrol and freaking Blaze and Peppa Pig all day if you want, and then just go play in the garden for a while. And we are good. Like if you come out of this with no skills other than you toilet trade yourself, because it was about time, then, (laughs) you know, actually one of my favourite moments was yesterday when my boyfriend and my son were playing hide and seek, but they got their wires crossed and they both hid. (laughs) Best fucking 10 minutes of isolation I have had this whole time. Because they were both, Completely silent.
1: That's fantastic. I was going to say it, it was so been good. I was
2: like, I am not going to tell them <laughs> that this is what's happening. I'm just going to wait for one of them to get sick of it. And who uh,
0: Yeah, who cracked first? Yeah.
2: I think my boyfriend did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Do you want to tell us a bit more about, you know, who you had lined up for the Best of Brisbane show? If there's anyone else that you want to give a bit of a shout-out to that you reckon that our listeners should listen into or track down?
2: Well, the one that they may have heard of um, that I had as a potential surprisey special guest was Steph Tisdell, who's incredible. Um, she was going to pop in if it worked out with her lineup and her schedule and stuff. And same with Matt Ford, who was doing, um, I think, he, I think I know he was doing a show. I think he was doing his Aboriginal show, which is like an Indigenous show that he's toured before, but he might've been doing something different. Um, and I also had oh, Andrew Lee, who's this really edgy kind of guy who was on those one to watch list this Mm -hmm. year that they had him on like the festivals curated show. Um, But then like heaps of really good friends of mine were coming down. So um, Andrew Dawson who was doing a show with Ting Lim Ting Lim, yes, I got that right. Um, and they both. Sounds like a
1: Monty Python election, sort of. It does a little bit. Um,
2: and Andrew Dawson's show last year in Melbourne sold out. So that was really cool. He was going to come and do some guest spots. And, oh, and Glenn Stevens and Vanessa Collin, who are both on My Parenting Fails show this Saturday, were both going to come and do the shows in Melbourne as well. And, oh, <laughs> sad. Okay, I'll stop. But well, you've given
1: us, apart from naming every person who I think lives in Brisbane and Queensland, that's. Uh, yeah. You've given us a little link there to the show this weekend.
2: Yeah, uh, well, yeah, that's it, that's a thing.
1: So this weekend, for people who might be listening to this in 2025, we're talking <laughs> Saturday, May the 2nd.
2: Yep. 2020.
1: Yep. Uh, Tell us a bit about what's on this weekend and how people can can get onto it and be part of it.
2: Yeah, so I'm doing a show, um, doing a version of the Parenting Fails show um, for Melbourne Corona Festival, which is like a little indie pop-up festival that's shown up for live stream comedy shows. So it's, um, the venue is your living room or wherever you choose to tune in and watch it. And you can watch it live and you can comment and stuff um, and be part of it, or you can watch it like within a month or so after the show I think it'll still be available to watch um, and it's like a 45 minute show of me and Vanessa and Glenn and Glenn's a musical comedian and he is fucking hilarious he's so good um so yeah he'll be doing lots of little little parenting fails songs and vanessa's got um a, a baby that she usually wears on stage because she's a single mom um and she tries to steal the microphone and it's really freaking cute so that's going <laughs> to be there as well that's going to be there ida's going to be there as well um so Is yeah be be one of those of spots
1: it. where you know in 20 years time she's still going to have the child yeah. inverted like, commas right. no! yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like,
2: can't do it on back? no bitch get on the front <laughs> um yeah so so it'll be the three of us hopefully on the screen all at the same time kind of serving as a little bit of an audience for each other but performing sort of one at a time um yeah so you can find that by just probably just searching parenting fails in facebook and the event should pop up um otherwise you can go to coronafestival.com.au but they haven't released the program yet but yeah
1: and, Travis, no pressure, mate, but if we can get this out before that happens, that would be just... Yeah, get on it,
2: Travis. <laughs> I, reckon,
1: I reckon we might
0: be able to make that work.
2: No rush. <laughs>
0: I'm, you know, it's, I've got a lot of downtime at the moment. I'm, you know, awesome. Although I am back at work for one day a week. so
1: <laughs> you know
2: which are day Are you? It? What are you doing? Uh,
0: not a hell of a lot.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: The deal was that uh, only one of us would go into the office. There's two of us that work in our office here in Melbourne. Um, Mm. And the deal was we'd go in one day and then someone else would go in the next day. Um, But then my, uh, the branch manager from our company here in Melbourne decided he didn't want to sit in the office by himself. So now we're both going in together Okay. and we will do not a lot. Yep. That's because we don't have events on.
2: Yeah. So do you usually do event stuff? Is that,
0: I do, uh, I work for uh, a staging company uh, called Megadec Staging Systems and we do lots of stuff for the likes of Comedy Festival. But when everything... Come on, Anna, comes don't, don't do that. Look at,
1: Travis, we know that you like building your own stages out of milk crates and things I know.
2: Like that. <laughs> that's just because I'm POV. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, but I was going to ask, I'm trying to work out how to do a virtual book launch at the moment and so anybody who's like used to putting on events at the moment i'm kind of like ding 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 but
0: yeah, yeah. yep mm. yep it's mm. um there's it, some interesting things going on in the background mm-hmm. that we have found out about over the last uh, couple of weeks where things will start to pick up but it will just be a different type of thing there's even talk of like places like schools at the moment putting on uh, virtual school productions for vce students uh, yeah. because they have still going to do the performances to pass their vce um, yeah so streaming them out online and still putting on the show and it's a different world. We'll come out of this Corona lockdown Mm. um, and it'll be a very different, different place, I think. Mm. And comedians like yourself will have years
1: worth of content.
2: (laughs) And live audiences again.
1: (sighs) Travis, can you just disabuse me of one thought? I sort of envisage what your work is like at the moment, a bit like when Bart Simpson buys the warehouse or, you know, rents the warehouse and spends his time, you know, on a roller chair with a fire hydrant, you know, a fire extinguisher, you know, shooting across the, the floor. Is that kind of what your working day consists of, mate?
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much. And just before lockdown happened, we actually ripped up the carpet in our office and put down floorboards for that exact reason. So we can just <laughs> run our chairs backwards and
1: forwards across the office all day. Now, cool. <laughs> And a one last thing in terms of, I think you sound like you're living the life that everyone's supposed to be living during coronavirus in terms of writing novels, children's books, starting podcasts, learning Latin, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I'm making my eight-year-old do. I've forgotten. That's uh, not writing a novel, just learning Latin. Yeah, we should do yeah. virtual Latin lessons.
2: Oh my God, I would much rather write a novel than learn Latin, but okay, yep. But
1: Latin's actually really fun so far.
2: Oh, sorry. What?
1: <laughs> You've started yeah. not one but two podcasts. Am I right, in time Yep. Tell us hey, is Travis hasn't even started his new one yet. <laughs> or have you, Travis? Are you holding that one back? Uh, uh, do you know what?
0: I actually, I'm, I'm almost there, and I even created a Facebook page. Cool.
2: What's it
0: called? I'm not going there yet. We'll, we'll, we'll
2: oh, wait. Oh, dun dun yep. dun. What's the, the name? name let's, let's
0: just change the subject. <laughs> the name could change yet, so.
2: Oh yeah, fair enough.
1: It's very hard to think of good names for podcasts as well, The call cool Room bears testament.
0: It was actually a mate of mine that came up with this name and he did it because he was bored the other night and even created me an, uh, a logo on a banner for the Facebook page. Oh, okay. um, Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That's exciting. What's Please
2: your my, timeline like? When are you
0: releasing it? I think I want to release multiple episodes in one hit, um, mm. So my aim is to have a bunch of episodes up by my birthday, which is the, my deadline. I don't know why my birthday is the deadline. It just seemed like a good idea. So, I've so got when's that? Two weeks.
2: Oh, that's soon. Okay. Cool. Huh.
1: I like
0: pressure.
2: Yeah, me too. It's the
1: only way I get thing done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm well i presume you're happy to share the name of your podcast with uh with us
2: yeah so, dating fails and just asking
1: absolutely So, why you, i know you touched on them at the very beginning but yeah who have you got lined up for just asking and you know what you know what can we look forward to on that one
2: uh that one so far i've only recorded one interview with my friend drew ringsmith who's um i say he's a climate scientist but he's not quite but then he clarifies his actual very long tongue twistery job title at the beginning of the first episode which is good Um, and um, he's like he used to live next door to me in high school when we were mates and stuff and now he's just crazy smart. Has he
1: seen you with binoculars?
2: (laughs) Maybe Um, and I was thinking you know what I was thinking about wanting to start a podcast and I was like what are my most favorite conversations that I have with people and I sort of thought about that for ages. I was like, because I think well that needs to be a sustainable concept something that you can have this sort of similar themed conversation over and over again it's still gonna be interesting and the two that I came up with was talking to people who are much smarter than me that's always really interesting to me because um, I can learn stuff and I can make stupid jokes about all the smart things they say which is fun Um, and so that's where the just asking thing came from and I wanted to just interview him all the time about different topics and he's like no people are gonna get sick of that but he said he's got billions of science friends and he can just hook me up with them to interview them and stuff too so yep yeah, cool um and the other one is my other favorite conversation to have is um when you're in a couple and you talk to your single friends about all their stupid dating stuff I love I live for that shit I love it it's so fun it's like the most funnest vicarious living especially when it's really really bad so I was like dating fail stories like almost everyone I know has some really good dating fail stories and it's kind of a cross promotional thing as well because my solo comedy show this year is going to be called tinderella and it's about my own dating fail stories and that's actually the novella that i'm writing at the moment too is tinderella um so it's sort of here's a Hang on, you've just gone from I... novel
1: to novella how did that <laughs>
2: <laughs> look i got more realistic um
1: <laughs> just in that exact moment
2: in that exact moment i was like you know what Sixty thousand words is just a little bit much I'm it's a lot back, of novel and we'll call it a novella. Um, yeah, so I feel like it's like a crossover thematic marketing thing if I interview lots of my friends about their dating fails, and then I have a novel, novella and a stand-up comedy show based on my dating fails, so it's, yeah, that's why. That's a great way to do it. And um, some buttons we'll to go along with it? We'll see, I actually wrote a play, um, like a really short one-act play that I put on last year and that was called Cinderella. That's kind of what got the ball rolling, which was based on like one really stupid date that I went on. Um, and I just spun that story out into a short play and it went really well. It was really popular. So I thought, do the bigger story. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Yeah. So my, uh, my boss at work went on a coronavirus date the other night. Yep. I won't name his, well, I've already said my boss at work, so he knows who I'm talking about when he's listening <laughs> to this. But um, yeah. Yeah, went on, went on. Luckily, a, you haven't
1: named your workplace in the last five <laughs> years. <or> so. <laughs> so but how you did know,
0: it and you you live through what they're doing and your friends. So I do the exact same thing with with this person. Um, you know, he's one of my best friends, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just hours and hours of enjoyment.
2: Seriously, uh, the tagline for it is um, "Good advice for singles, even better vicarious living for non-singles." Hmm. Mm.
1: I like as right. as a man who's ha- happily married, but yeah, you know, been married for yeah. twenty two years. Like it's... I've I've never been. I don't I don't get Tinder. Like Tinder yeah. was. You know, I it's didn't have a thing. phone when I started going out with my wife. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you know? that's the thing. So I interviewed Vanessa Conlan, um, who's going to be on the Parenting Fails show on Saturday for the first episode of Dating Fails, um, and the second one which I haven't released yet. I interview Jade O'Brien and oh my God, her story is so funny. She just talks about three Joshes that she's had dating fails with, just to like narrow it down. And it's incredibly funny, yeah.
1: It's uh, is one of those names that she can't go back to? Is that like, you know? And... I think,
2: I don't know if she can only exclusively date Josh's from now on. I mean, it's become a bit of a theme, but yeah i don't know
1: well if you're out there and your name's josh you know and i can put you in touch with her friends jade and... yeah
2: she likes them joshy
0: i've got a mate named josh that uh lives overseas that hasn't had the best luck with with dating i should get you in contact with him
2: that's it
1: if nothing I else like to be jade. more content for another podcast so <laughs> <you> know, <it's... laughs>
2: that's it <laughs> yeah so and the other thing i'm doing is the the children's book which i wrote last year and i'm self-publishing and hopefully releasing in July if I can work out the uh, launch event tech crap.
1: Now can you give us a little bit of, is it like a bumble-headed wombat called Josh who can't find (laughs) his own hole or something like that?
2: It's a a young kids picture book um, and it's called A Dragon Is Coming and actually Trav the guy who got me into stand-up comedy did the illustrations for it so the guy lives in Melbourne um and oh my god the illustrations are amazing but it's about it's a prose kind of rhyming children's book story that I'm gonna do like a really theatrical rick male Grim tales style reading of while having the illustrations behind me and yeah it's gonna be cool it's fun and my toddler really likes it and he doesn't even know he doesn't get that i wrote it which makes me super happy that's so, cute yeah he's like the dragon story on your phone mom <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> oh it's so cool because mostly i wrote it because i was like really sick of reading the same boring kids books that he was into um because he has cool kids books but he doesn't like them he only likes the shit ones so i don't know why no, I name names. One would, would help but um oh he's got a great one at the moment we finally found one that we both like which is called lazy daisy busy lizzie and it's amazing and it's about a chicken who wears purple underwear and dances and couldn't be fuck lay eggs and that is my spirit animal um <laughs> and but then i got too into it and now he's over it so i'm like let's uh, read it he's like mum busy lizzie's done we're done we need a new book i'm like oh do we uh, though uh, like i don't think we're
1: I was a bit like that with Those Darn Squirrels, which I was a big fan of yeah. if you've not encountered Those Darn Squirrels, which...
2: I might have. Does it, is it really surreal and it makes no sense?
1: Yeah, pr- pretty close to that. It's like the squirrels in the one of the ones that we have, like, build their own flying machines and
2: oh, okay. off they go no, and that hold that sounds them. cool. No, Fez has got this stupid squirrel book where it's like, I don't know, it's trying to be surrealist humour in a children's book, which is a very strange pairing. Uh,
1: was it- Mm -hmm. Thursday's squirrels comes highly recommended, but I can unrecommend a whole lot of others. But let's not trash talk children's (laughs) books all afternoon. That's a whole other podcast.
2: Absolutely, (laughs) I kind of I would love to do a um like a YouTube series where I read traditional children's books to my kid, but like pause and add all the feminism um, commentary. To it like you know prince charming kiss sleeping beauty but he didn't fucking wait for consent and that's not okay yeah. um <laughs> you know, i think that'd be fun that would
1: be pretty cool yeah
2: but,
1: well, i like it. Like yeah. wolves need to be conserved not shot or you know exactly actually, no, matter, 100%. no matter how many people they eat yeah
2: you know? totally it's if just you go into the wolf's
1: environment it's on you not, that's you
2: know. a, absolutely little red riding hood was just bait <laughs>
1: That might be the name of your next podcast.
2: So. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, listen to that.
1: <laughs> and it's been it's been fantastic to have you on the podcast this afternoon. Uh, we will add all of your links onto our show notes, and um, just following you on Facebook and so forth makes me feel exhausted on a daily, weekly basis as I see all of your new projects. So. Um, It's been fantastic to have a yarn about just some of them. Oh, um, thank
2: you. People say that to me all the time and I'm like, I don't have a real job though. So all the time you're putting into having a real job, I'm not, you know, and I also, I'm gross. Like, you know, when you clean your car, see, I don't. So I have time to do other stuff because I'm just a bit gross. You don't have to
1: give all those secrets away.
2: You're right, (laughs) David.
1: I do do all of this cool stuff and now I'm going to start to learn Latin as well. (laughs) Um, the pressure's on Travis now to get this episode prepped and out so that everyone can listen to you as part of the International Corona Festival this Saturday. Let's just plug that one one more time, and then we'll, um, we'll let you go on your merry way out into the Queensland sunshine while we look out into the bleak, bleak Melbourne 13 degrees that we've got today.
2: That's it. <laughs> Thanks How so much we- for having me.
1: A- absolute pleasure. Okay, okay. Thank you for all of that, and... Um, we will look forward to putting it out there and hopefully rustling you up a few more fans. Thank you so much. Yeah, Appreciate nice it. Fun. You
2: guys are the best. Ah, good fun. Cheers. Perfect. Uh, cheers. cheers. Thanks, Al. Thank Please.
0: you. Bye. And now, a word from our sponsors.
1: G'day, everyone, and welcome. Tony Shebeki from On The Turnbuckle here. We'd love you to join us and have a listen to our fantastic wrestling podcast. One of the best around, actually. Been voted one of the best in Australia. So why not tune in and have a listen to us right here on The hang Turnbuckle? Hang on,
0: hang on. What? Have you got everyone's name right?
1: I'm Tony Shabeki. You're, you're always your four. What about Brett, us? Brett Walsh. Oh, you are the worst. I'm going to record. I should be recording this ad, no, not mate. you. No, mate, I'm sick and tired of this fennec. I'm out, I'm out of going? here. Where are going? I'm out of here.
2: Now, come back.
1: It's no, on the I'm Turnbuckle Podcast. You can catch us on mypodcasthouse.com, I guess. Hey there, call Room listeners. We've got a little ad for you. No, we're not asking for money so that you can advertise quality mattresses, razors, or any of those other sort of things that seem to get advertised on podcasts. What we're looking for is other fun podcasts that would like to share a 30-second ad with our listeners, letting everyone know why they're so great, and in return, letting us share a 30-second ad for the cool room. We know that right now there's a whole lot of people who are looking for fun new podcasts to help them while away their isolation hours, so if you've got something to share, drop us a line via our Facebook or Instagram accounts. Right, add over.